Welcome to Knit British, the podcast that explores all the connections of Britishness in wool, fibre and knitting. On this journey, meeting all of the people involved, from sheep to skein, I am your host, Louise Scully. Knit British and love local wool. Knit British is delighted to be sponsored by the Knitting Goddess. Joy dyes luxury yarns in her studio in Harrogate and is committed to supporting British wool and fibre. In addition to our custom spun yarns, Brit Sock, Brit Silk, Shetland and Wensleydale and BFL Marsham and Sparkle, Joy has recently added one farm yarn to her shop. This is a BFL blend which is grown, processed, spun and dyed in a 72 mile radius in Yorkshire and you'll hear a bit more about it later in the show. To keep up to date with all things Knitting Goddess and to hear when Joy's 2018 yarn clubs go on sale, click on the logo on the show notes or visit www.thenittinggoddess.co.uk. Hello and welcome in to episode 95 of the Knit British podcast. It's lovely to have you back around here again. I'm just going to apologise and say that if you hear any yelling and whooping in the background those are my neighbour's children in the garden um, being being loud and noisy as usual um, how are you I hope you have grabbed a whip I hope you have grabbed a drink because we have a lot to get through today I am again back on the hot Ribena and last time I said other blackcurrant drinks are available but actually no because <laughs> I had a conversation with a few people after this about, about hot Ribena and I realised what people were calling hot Ribena was actually a brand other than Ribena. You can have hot blackcurrant, but there is only one hot Ribena and it is original. None of that rubbish with other crap in it. So yeah, sticking with the classic. Goodness me, what a busy time I've had recently and my goodness how busy you have been as well. The good intentions are so gloriously in action. It's it's fantastic. You should go on over to the chat thread in the Knit British Ravelry group. People are bolting along on their good intentions. Thank you so much guys for your cracking effort. I've not got much further with mine, which is the Aiken sweater by Andy Satterland. I want to make my sweater longer. And Andy Satterland has uh, a, a little guide on her blog on how to make her cropped uh, sweaters longer. So I need to do a few calculations and things and I just I haven't been in that place, to, <laughs> that frame of mind to do it. Um, so my my Aiken is still a good intention, but it's very good intention. It's awesome to see how you guys are doing and that you have run, really run with this idea. So thank you so much. Um, as I say, lots of things to get through, get through today. I do have a little bit of a rant in this episode, but firstly, a mini rant, seeing as we're talking about Ravelry, a bit of Ravelry housekeeping and a bit of general Knit British housekeeping, actually. Uh, there have been a couple of giveaways in the Knit British thread and I usually make Knit British entries. The rules, very simple. You know, one entry per person, no chat. And usually if it's yarn... I ask you to enter by telling us which pattern you would knit and asking you to link to that pattern. 
the reason I do this is, is you know, so we can see the design and we can add it to our, our cues. But it's also really nice for the person who has give, given us that yarn to see how you imagine it, what you imagine it might be nice to be created in. Unfortunately, in the blacker yarn uh, brushwork giveaway, um, I had to, to actually redraw a few times because there were quite a few people who had entered and hadn't named the pattern and hadn't linked to it. I really do feel that we're really privileged to get so many giveaways and lots of uh, the time it's by, you know, small indie businesses. uh, You know, it's, it's very generous of them to be able to provide a prize. So they're doing us a solid by giving us, giving us a prize to give away. We can surely spend five minutes to answer the question properly. If you are unsure of how to link to a pattern, it's really simple. There are two ways you can do it. You can open up the pattern in another tab on your laptop or device and you can copy the the link and you can link it um, by clicking the little world symbol and pasting it in there. You can also quick link it and it's really easy to quick link because whenever you reply to a thread on Ravelry, the box at the top of the box you're typing in tells you how to link to patterns, projects and people. And basically it's open square brackets, you write the pattern name, you close square brackets, you open regular brackets, you type the word pattern and then you close those brackets. Really quite simple and simply put, no following the rules, then you don't get entry into the giveaway and and that's that's that. Um, I really like to be able to bring you giveaways and we've had quite a lot of them this year, you know, and certainly in the last few months. If I wanted you to to enter by going, oh my gosh, I love that yarn, I hope I win, then I wouldn't set any kind of rules. <laughs> so if there, are, if there are some kind of entry requirement, it's always in the first post and at the top of each p- thread page. And if you don't want to, if, you know, enter that way, then don't enter at all. That's, that's even simpler, isn't it? Let's move away from that. Thank you very much. Uh, I want to give Lynn an absolutely big shout out because she left a comment on the blog this week which made me smile. She left a comment to say that she was listening to Knit British on her podcatcher but her podcatcher was being a bit naughty. Um, So she had to go on over to the website to listen to the latest episode and she wanted to write and tell me how much she enjoyed the show notes. And that made me so happy it, you know she and she actually used the phrase awesome loveliness awesome loveliness um from my stats i know that not many of you listen via the website there are some of you who listen via the website but i know many of you listen like i listen to my podcasts on itunes app or other podcatchers so you're not maybe taking a moment to go on over to knitbritish.net and have a look at the show notes. But those that do look at the show notes know that my show notes are quite extensive. I don't just do a list of links, which, you know, some podcasts, that that's all you get. I like to make my show notes understandable, whether you're listening or just reading. So... I always leave really, you know, really long show notes. So if you listen to this and you rarely visit the show notes, 
at netbritish.net. Can I ask you to indulge me and just pop on over and read the show notes? after? You don't, you don't have to do it right now, but maybe just a little bit later on. You know, pop on over, read the show notes, refresh your memory on some of those links that I'm going to give you today and see some of the pictures um, that I've put up there. And like Lynn, if you enjoyed it, leave a comment and let me know because that really, really made my day. Thank you so much, Lynn. Uh, Last time I mentioned Knitworthy and said that I was planning on coming back to this um, sort of occasional series on value that I've been doing over the last year. And that has kind of come around a bit quicker than I expected because I want to talk about charity knitting today. Um, You will be aware that the Innocent Big Knit is happening again. And this is Innocent Drinks owned by Coca-Cola. Don't forget that. Think Innocent, think Coca-Cola. Innocent ask you to knit hats for bottle tops and then the bottles are then sold with the hats on top. 25 pence from each smoothie goes to charity and it's going to Age UK and they say that they raise £140,000 a year. I've spoken before about how PR companies and companies who want to raise awareness of charities often try to harness the skills of knitters You know, there's been various different occurrences of knitting for people in groups of animals in need where knitters have been asked to rally their needles for the cause. But there is an overarching theme that's been happening over the last few years uh, that the knitters will do it. And I'm using the title of a Rachel Atkinson blog over uh, from uh, My Life in Knitwear, uh, who who wrote a blog on this a couple of years ago. Um, I think at that point we might have been asked to knit houses to demonstrate how so many people in the UK were suffering from fuel poverty. How were houses going to keep people warm? I don't know, knitted houses. Who knows? Maybe use them for draft excluders. I don't know. But there is a a, a trend of uh, our skills being harnessed, harnessed and, dare I say, exploited in the name of charity. You might remember last year, a PR company, Mother London, who asked knitters to sit in their offices and embroider messages, saucy messages on knitting or knitted socks. I don't actually know if they were knitted, actually. I think they were just manufactured stockings. They're, you know, getting knitters and embro- knitting and embroidery mix up for a start. Not, ve- not a very good move. And these socks were being, you know, embroidered while you wait, custom message, and then they were being sold, the profits going to an unnamed charity. I don't know if that charity was eventually named. Again, the logic here seems to be knitters have skills that we do not Knitters will always want to knit, therefore we can make money or a big PR splash from that. And it's not good enough. There are lots of opportunities for us as crafters to make or give or sell to charity. And we we do that because we know what it is to knit for somebody who is knit worthy. And this kind of, of stuff, just the big knit and things like that, just really piss all over our skills and our understanding and notions of what it is to be knitworthy. Joy, the knitting goddess, wrote a post on the big knit this week. And again, innocent, let's not forget Coca-Cola, multinational, you know, multi-billions in profits. They could be totally philanthropic. They could make a huge donation to Age UK 
they could still print. They could still print information about the charity. They could still be awareness raising on their bottles. They could still give 25 pence per bottle to charity. By the way, it used to be 50 pence per bottle to charity without having this knitted hat nonsense. Let's stop devaluing knitting and let's stop being devalued. For God's sake, we are skilled craftspeople. I keep saying it. It doesn't matter if you only ever knit garter or if you knit the most exquisite lace or the most exquisite colour work. With every single project you make, you are fine honing your skills. We know there are knitworthy people just as well as we know there are not knitworthy people. Um, we know that there are knitworthy people in our lives. We know that there are knitworthy people who we don't know, who are in our communities, who are in our towns and cities and countries and in the world. We may not know them, but we know that they are worth our skills and our time and that what we do will directly help or comfort them. Some of us knit for our local hospitals, um, you know, premature baby uh, departments. Some of us knit hats for the homeless, you know, hand them out when we see people or, um, you know, take them to our local homeless shelter. Some of us knit and give directly to charity shops. Some of us are in knitting groups and have a different charity that we knit for every year or a different campaign. And many, many of us knit for Knit for Peace. And Knit for Peace send your items all over the world, wherever they need it. And currently they have a campaign that they're asking people to knit squares so that it will be made into dressing gowns for the elderly. And you can find out all the information on this at knitforpeace.org.uk. And that's the word for, not the number for. You can read all about what they're doing and what they need. I feel so angry about the big knit. And like I say, Coca-Cola could do so much more. Innocent could do so much more. Uh, and they could still do exactly what they're doing, just dispense with the hats. Then we can concentrate on putting our valuable skills to making items that will actually keep an elderly person warm this winter or will go to someone who really needs it and will feel the comfort that you have knitted or crocheted into those items. And we can donate too. We can donate to Age UK. We can do it right now. www.ageuk.org.uk If everyone who downloaded the Knit British podcast in the last six months donated a pound, we would well match the 140,000 that Innocent donate annually to the Age, Age UK. There's some fantastic information on the Age UK website and I urge you to all have a little look at it and make yourself more aware. For example, I did not know that over 3 million over 65-year-olds are struggling financially. Over 3 million. 1.9 million living below the poverty line and struggle to pay bills and cover the cost of basic heating. That's one in six pensioners. You add to this... Loneliness, increasing numbers of mental health problems in older people. <sighs> so what about us? What can we do? Well, as I say, have a little look at Age UK and, and have a little look at the information they have there. They've got lots of ways how in different parts of the UK you can become involved with what they're doing, like befriending. Um, and you can also make items. I really wanted to come on today with a list of charities who take knitted goods and distribute them to those who really need them. And... I've discovered that 
many charities are just not in a position to do so. The Salvation Army don't do this. And I really thought that they did that nationally. I'm sure they definitely have in, in years past. But the Salvation Army did tell me that if you contact your local Salvation Army directly, ask them if they need anything and they'll be able to tell you exactly what they need if it's socks or scarves or hats or things like that. Shelter do not accept knitted goods and distribute them but they do suggest donating knitted items to their shops. Personally, I kind of swither with this one because I feel that charity shops don't often charge well enough for hand-knit items. Some charity shops do but I have seen beautiful wool crochet blankets for £4 in one of my local charity shops and I think that's a bit of a sin. It's a great way to donate knitwear but I wouldn't want my something that I crochet being sold for £4 to lie in the back of some hipster's fucking couch and um, you know I'm not I'm not sure how quickly my £4 will get to someone who actually needs it. Um, like I say knitting Uh, Knit for Peace is one of the most important groups who do distribute knitwear exactly where it's needed. And again, please do check out their website, knitforpeace.org.uk. Age Scotland very kindly said that they would ask their community outreach teams to see what their need is and would Um, They said they would get in contact with me. So when I get that information, I will put that information on the Knit British uh, website and also in the um, Knit British Ravelry group. Don't forget, we have a pin board in the Knit British Ravelry group. It is just for information and links. But if you know anywhere, if you know anywhere uh, locally um, or nationally that is accepting knitwear to distribute, then please pop a link in that pin board in the Knit British Ravelry group. In Edinburgh, there is the Edinburgh Clothing Store who get referred to by over 120 caring agencies. So that includes health visitors and social workers and hostels for homeless and women's aid. Uh, for people who really need clothing and bedding and and things like that. So if you're local, see edinburghclothingstore.org for info on that. They didn't have much information on their website about how you can donate but they've got a Facebook page if you do that kind of thing and that's got an email address on there I'd have emailed them as well but I haven't heard back from them uh, just yet. If we are so inclined to knit, to knit for charity you know let's not wait for the opportunities to come to us. Let's not be fooled into you know knitting for the big knit and thinking that's okay, that's enough. You know if we if we're so inclined and I, and I, you know, you, some of us are not inclined to knit for charity and are charitable in many other ways. And that is quite all right. That is fine. I certainly am not casting judgment and saying this is what we should be doing. But I'm saying that there are other ways to knit for charity and knit for people who are in need than knitting these silly little hats. So, again, as I say, if we are so inclined, if you are so inclined to knit for charity, just do it. Seek out what's local to you. Seek out, does your local hospital need items? Your local 
old folks home, what do they need? Again, check with your local Sally Army uh, um, and see what they need. Check with your local Age UK. And as I said before, Age UK do have very many local branches and websites. Um, I had a bit of rejig of my odds and ends um, this week. I found lots of odds and ends of West Yorkshire spinners and things like that, which I think will be great um, for lap blankets. So I'm going to crochet a couple of lap blankets for Age UK. Well, it's Age Scotland in Scotland. I can't really tell you, please don't knit hats for bottles. Uh, you know, I probably have said that in, in as many words in this section. But what I can say is Coca-Cola are riding on the crest of your skills here. And while you may think that it's a wonderful way to raise money for charity and they're doing wonderful things if you really want to make something for somebody knitworthy just seek out what's local to you and ask them what they need that will be so appreciated what you make what you create doesn't matter how simple it will provide comfort to someone and it will provide more warmth than a bottle top hat Joy is our sponsor of this episode and I'm so excited because this episode is One Farm Yarn Centric. I have been hinting at this yarn for a while now. You'll have heard me talking about um, this for a wee while and I didn't get to see it until recently but I just knew it was going to be special. So listeners to this show will know that Joy, the knitting goddess, is totally dedicated to using British wool uh, uh, and British materials actually where possible and, and they've been working on custom spun yarns with mills for quite a long time you'll know of Brit Sock and that magnificence and that's created with John Arbin and there's Brit Silk and there is the Shetland and Wensleydale and most recently there's the BFL Marsham Sparkle and last year there was the two flocks yarn and this year there's one farm yarn and the last two yarns are specifically Yorkshire yarns and that grew out of a need to create a properly local yarn and you can hear uh, Joy talk about this more on episode 75 but one farm yarn is created from BFL a North Country mule or you might know it as North of England mule. And these flocks are kept at Fiddler's Green Farm near Harrogate. Now, Fiddler's Green Farm is owned by Becky and Richard, who own Rigmoor Reindeer, uh, and they've recently moved from Rigmoor to Fiddler's Green. You might remember last October, I got to go and visit with Joy and Bobby uh, to see the BFL sheep, and there was the wee goat. Do you remember the wee goat? Love the wee goat. Well, <laughs> this is Becky and Richard's uh, BFL flocks and North Country mule flocks. And 250 kilos of the fleeces were taken from the farm, 25 miles to Howarth Scouring. And then once it was scoured, it was taken 20 miles to Laycock International for carding and spinning preparation. Then it was taken five miles to Laxons to be spun. And from Laxons to Joy to be dyed, the one farm yarn has travelled less than 100 miles. In fact, 72 miles. That is truly a local rule. When I got my wee skein in the post, oh, 
it's oh it's just one oh <laughs> I did that a lot it it is one of the most beautiful things it's this is a really lovely yarn so it's beautiful worsted two plies delicately twisted and just begging to be cast on now you'll know about BFL because I've talked about it a lot but you might not have encountered North Country Mule before or as I say sometimes it's called North of England Mule and a mule is any sort of BFL ram that's crossed with another breed. I've talked about Welsh mule before. You get Scotch mule. There's, there are lots of different kinds of mules. Um, but this mule is a BFL ram crossed with a Swaledale yow. And Swaledales are sturdy mountain sheep. And their fleeces are roughly 36 to 40 microns. So hard working as the sheep need to be um, is that fleece. Swaledales have a short um, insulating undercoat and they also have an outer coat. So the fleece can be kempy. And I've knit with 100% Swaledale before and that is a characterful yarn, let me tell you. Not not necessarily unlikable and definitely has its uses, but it's very characterful with those long hairs. So with the mule, you get... Um, a finer fleece because you get all that lower micron count of the BFL and that l- kind of longer staple that and that bit of luster too. So that blend has even more BFL. So we've got the, the mule, which is a BFL cross, and then we have 50% BFL. So it's oh, <laughs> an amazing yarn. I just want to say right away how beautifully spun uh, and softly haloed this yarn was in the skein. I'm forgetting to tell you about the colour, which is be- really beautiful greys and fawns in there. It's almost like an, a, a celebration of the natural shades of sheep in this little skein. I've forgotten what it was called. I'm so sorry, Joy. I'm not a very good sponsory, am I? Beautifully spun. Just gorgeous. So I kind of right away thought I need to do a little bit of lace because... That's just what it kind of wanted to be with this halo, you know, lovely light halo on the yarn. I thought that was going to make some delicately textured open work. So I cast on and did a little bit of old shale and even unblocked, I could tell it was going to look great because the garter properly stood to attention either side of the lacy rose. And of course, because there was great garter, I thought I need to do more garter Again, standing to attention, absolutely fantastic definition. When I posted on Instagram, uh, when I first cast on with this, I said that it was like knitting with a whisper. And that is what, <laughs> what it is like. If you can imagine what a whisper would be like if you could knit with it, if a whisper was indeed a fibre that you could knit with. Whisper-like because it's got this lovely lightness. I mean, it it's a very delicately twisted yarn. It reminds me of the twist on the Jimson and Smith Heritage Collection, the Worsted Spun Yarns. It's got a very... It looks like a very loose twist, but it's it's not a loose yarn. It doesn't split when you knit with it. It's got this beautiful halo. So it's almost got... A stickiness that is kind of what you would expect from a woolen yarn. But so light. So light through the fingers. And soft. 
Now, we talk about this, I've talked about this quite a lot. People who see a halo on a skein of yarn are quite often quick to think that it's going to be rustic because it has all of these delicate little fibres poking out. This is not always the case. If your micron count around 30 and under 30, it means that those fibres are more malleable, more bendable, so that they, they bend against your skin and they don't prick your skin like some of the higher micron count yarns do. And this is whisper-like and um, I defy you. If, you. if any of you who are knitting with it, um, who have who've tried this, um, and feel like that, then then don't make me sound like a, an odd bod, because <laughs> that's exactly how I that's how I relate to it. it. Knits like a whisper. So after my garter, I needed to do more lace because this is just lovely for lace. And so I did a bit of razor shell uh, lace, which is something that a lot of um, Shetlanders are very familiar with. In fact, it's the first lace you tend to learn at school. I think I loved how crisply the stitches passed over the needle when you do that decrease that slip one knit two together pass slip stitch over oh it's just like a well-oiled machine um i just loved the movement of the yarn on the needles so i knitted quite a long swatch and cast off and really even unblocked this was a really pleasing swatch but of course lace wants to be blocked so i blocked it because i wanted to see how that yarn blocked and I blocked it quite aggressively. I, I left it soaking for, for a couple of hours and then pinned it out quite aggressively using the Knit Pro blockers. And it had a little bit of a lovely bloom and yummy. That fabric halo, so very light and misty, does not detract from the lace work at all. But as I suspected, is just a beautiful compliment so when I unpinned it, I was really pleased with how well it had blocked and it really, really kept its dimensions. So I left it for a couple of days, still fantastically kept to the dimensions, which I haven't written down. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's fail too. But when I did, after I left it for a couple of days, I, you know, first thing I wanted to do when I pick up the swatch, I'm doing it now, just rubbing it over my hands and my skin. So lovely. Rubbing it over my face. <laughs> that was rubbing it over my face. I can f- smell that faint sheepiness. Oh, lovely. Um, against my inner arm, it feels like, you know, you get those like roses with those thick velvet, velvety petals. So very tactile. And there is a light crispness too. I mean, it's soft. Um, it is soft and, you know, I'm happy to rub it all over my face. I've had it tucked under my bra strap. I've had it worn at my hip. I was not aware of it. Um, but th- when you t- when you rub it on your inside arm, you can feel you can feel a very slight crispness. I'm going to put that down to the Swaledale in, in the mix. You can see one or two marginally thicker fibres in amongst that halo but there's nothing of a coarseness um, in that at all as i said i wore this swatch for two days in a row one day at my shoulder and neck and next day at my hip and both days i hardly noticed it and at one point (laughs) i'd taken my cardigan off and it was poking out my (laughs) t-shirt and my colleague said what is that and i was like it's all right i'm testing wool 
Tessna swatch. Uh, <laughs> um, but at one point when I when I pulled it off my shoulder and popped it in my pocket, and it had been in my pocket, scrunched up in my pocket for most of the afternoon until the evening when I took it out to you know remember to wear it the next day. No creasing, no shapelessness. Like this is one of the things that. I am have been blown away by with this yarn. Like the loveliness of it is one thing, the whisper-like quality of it another thing. But this has really kept its dimensions. And my goodness me, I just want to knit more lace shawls with this. You know what it's like when you knit a lace shawl, and it's fantastic and it's amazing. And you wear it a couple of times, and then it does that thing. Depending on the wool you use or the fiber you use, it can sort of shrink and it loses the definition of the blocking and I think this is, this yarn is going to be hard blocking. I think it's going to keep those points and keep beautifully open um, for a long time. I don't think it's going to be one of those projects where you go, oh, I'm going to need to block this again. Well, not for a really long time anyway. So again, it makes me think that it's going to make a really reliable garment yarn as well as a fantastic shawl yarn. And I think, you know, because it's incredible in lace, what about... A heat of feud cardigan or a Mandy B. Collins Talavera. Now that would be incredible. Beautifully textured with this misty, very light misty halo. Oh, I really need to make that happen. Um, something like Vera Valmaki's Breathing Space would be incredible as well. That's not lace, uh, but with two colours, mm, that's going to hang beautifully. The drape is going to be amazing. But Never mind me going on about this. Uh, let's hear what some of our muckers had to say because I asked Joy very nicely if if um, a couple of our muckers could test out this yarn. And Alison Main and Emma Goodlid uh, very kindly offered to review it for us. So this is what Alison had to say. This was a delightful mini skein of yarn from Joy. One of the first things I should say that I was so excited, I kept trying out and messing up about four swatch patterns. So in addition to its beauty, it is one hard wearing yarn, which despite its softness and halo, bears much tinking and unravelling. It's a real sensory experience working with this. The scent is deliciously sheepy. It's a beautiful texture, so soft and yet holds its own weight. I eventually tried to swatch in an open lace grid pattern which because I wanted to see how it held its shape very well. But even now I know it will be reworked into something with stockinette stitch because I want the colours to shine. This yarn, as described by Joy, would be a bonus in any project bar socks. Uh, I'm hoping to score some at Yarndale, which is a while ago now, um, along with the amazing iron blue colour for a shawl, but a special four-ply sweater such as a boxy or something by Vera Valamaki would be amazing. Overall though, the most special point about this yarn is its provenance. Minimal yarn mile sporting smaller scale business in farm, spinner and maker. The ethics of it is important to me is how it looks. A yarn with a real story about real people doing a small but important thing. That's fantastic, Alison. Thank you so much. And I'd forgotten you said about Vera Valmaki as well. I like that we both thought that. Emma Goodlid said, I absolutely love the One Farm yarn. I love the concept of a yarn that can be traced right through from sheep to dye pot and all kept within a small local area. 
Uh, when the purple packet came through my letterbox and I opened it up, I was welcomed by the most wonderful sheepy smell. Joy had sent great information about the concept and process, which was great to read, and the ball band info was perfect. Joy had sent me the grey colourway of One Farm Yarn, which was perfect, as I'm a massive fan of grey, and I loved the colour variation. The hand squish grab was great. It felt soft, but with the slightest bit of crispness, uh, and I like to feel that in a yarn. I knitted up Tin Can Knit's Vivid Pane, which is really good for a swatch as it has garter, stocking and some lace work too, which gives good detail. It works really well for a yarn test because you can easily see what works well and I can confidently say all of the above. I don't think it would work well for colour work as it looks well on its own. I particularly love the effect that the yarn has in stocking stitch. It's a four ply, but it's on the lighter side and reminded me of Jameson's Ultra. Oh, that's interesting. It was incredibly smooth and easy to knit with. It was perfect knit to do while I was on my travels with work and garnered quite a few comments while I knitted on a flight to London. I definitely want some more of this and I think something light and drapey would work well. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for that, Emma. I really appreciate both Emma and Alison taking the time to review this yarn. And I I think it's interesting what Emma says about it wouldn't work well for colour work. And maybe she just means that this particular yarn, which is quite variegated, because actually I think one farm yarn would work well with colour work because while it's worsted spun, it's got this halo. I think it would have a lot of stickability when it comes to doing colour work. So one farm yarn, it's 100 grams. And in that 100 grams, you get 400 meters of this four ply yarn. And of course, the fibers are not only great thing about the yarn, there's the colors too, which I have I haven't really mentioned. Thanks to Emma for mentioning it. Joy dyes the most incredible colors. And if you look at the knittinggoddess.co.uk, you'll see the colors that are in the shop at the moment. And I just love how the brights look amazing, but the softer shades look gorgeous with that beautiful texture. It's really, really a, a lovely, lovely yarn. And I think if you use two shades together, like in a brioche or something like that, or again, as I said, in, in Fair Isle, I think this would work so well together. And there is a natural undyed shade uh, that you can buy, which would be a really good uh, background for some of Joy's incredible colours. I'm so delighted to be able to tell you about this yarn. I'm so chuffed to be holding it in my hands. I, I mean, I honestly review everything that I get genuinely. I always tell you exactly what I think about it, whether I'm given the yarn like Joy gave this to me or I buy it. It's always a 100% true account of, of how I find it. But my goodness me, this is freaking awesome. And I and I feel like I really want everyone to try it. And if I could buy everyone a skein, I would. But I can't because I'm broke. And, I, <laughs> and there's lots of you. Um, Joy is giving you a 10% discount off uh, One Farm Yarn. And all you have to do is go to theknittinggoddess.co.uk, choose your One Farm Yarns, add them to your basket. And then when you get to the checkout, use the code KB1FARMYARN. And that's the word one, not the not the number. You'll get 10% off and you can be casting on yourself. And Joy, that is incredibly kind of you to, to give us that discount code. And I just know that there are people out there listening just now who have got the itchy grabby hands for this yarn and quite rightly so. But also, not only is Joy giving you 10% off, she's also giving you a skein of yarn 
to give away or like to give away to one of you. Uh, if you go over to the Knit British group and you go to the giveaway thread, you can enter to win your choice of a skein of one farm yarn from the colours available in the Knitting Goddess shop. And do remember, read those entry requirements well. Thank you so much, Joy. Thank you for this incredible yarn and thank you for all that you do to champion British wool. Other news from the Knitting Goddess. Joy has just launched an amazing new venture. ThatOnePerfectThing.com is a sister website to the knittinggoddess.co.uk and at thatoneperfectthing.com you will find amazing handmade utility bags made from duck canvas and printed by Joy. These are awesome. You already know that Joy is fantastic when it comes to hand making project bags, screen printing them and making them available to you and that one perfect thing is a whole nother level of awesome bags. A bit more functionality, a bit more roughy tufty with that great duck canvas. Uh, bigger, I say move over field bag. There are some new bags on the block. Check out uh, the new website, thatoneperfectthing.com and have a look for yourself. Also, next month, something rather exciting is occurring. The Knitting Goddess 2018 Club sign-up will open. Claire Devine is back and collaborating with Joy to create another six sock patterns in Joy's incredible yarns. And there's going to be something else. Also going to be sign-ups for the Knitting Goddess Shawl Club, which will have six awesome designers... Gorgeous British wool, dyed by joy. How exciting is that? To know more and to keep yourself in the loop, you need to sign up for the Knitting Goddess newsletter at thenittinggoddess.co.uk. Podcast Lounge. Did you get your classes for Edinburgh Yarn Festival 2018? My goodness me, the majority of them sold out super fast. Having extra days at Edinburgh Yarn Festival next year is obviously the right way to go because more classes, more days and tickets still are selling out in record time. They went on sale on Saturday the 14th and You'll be lucky if you can get one now. Have a look at edinyarnfest.com, but I can't promise there'll be anything there for you. It's so exciting. Um, these little milestones, class tickets going on sale, and you know that there will be other Edinburgh Yarn Festival milestones, tickets and news that will be forthcoming that are just carrying us on the crest of that excitement towards Edinburgh Yarn Festival in March 2018. Just this week, I spoke to Sonia at Blacker about Podcast Lounge. We are so excited about planning the lounge again and it's going to be bigger than ever. You will hear more here at Net British in the run-up to Edinburgh Yarn Festival, which is the 15th, 16th and 17th of March. But if you're a podcaster, pick up your ears. If you are a podcaster uh, or a vlogger, we tend to use the term podcast, which is a catch-all term for audio and video podcasting. We know that some of you like to be called vloggers. Um, but if you are a podcaster or a vlogger and you're coming to Edinburgh Yarn Festival and you still create a regular podcast or vlog, you should head to edinyarnfest.com and register your interest in a podcaster pass. 
we have, again, a very limited amount of passes available. We have a very limited amount of passes available for podcasters every year. Last year, I was the admin for that form, uh, but due to increased interest and related admin, um, I've handed that back to Edinburgh Yarnfest. Um, and so the form is on their website and it's very clear if you go over to edinyarnfest.com, there is a menu option for Podcast Lounge. And if you click on the call for EYF 2018 podcasters, there's lots of information there for you to read and a form for you to fill in. The form closes on the 30th of November. This is the only way to register your interest for a podcaster pass. No email registrations can be accepted. Please do not enter into any other correspondence about getting a pass. As I said, there's a very limited amount of podcaster passes available and a lot more people who are interested in coming. So this is the only way to do that. The Podcast Lounge this year had, I counted, 66 podcasters. And for the first year since we started, nobody asked what's a podcast. Everybody was talking about podcasts. I saw people swapping notes and giving podcast titles to other people. Podcasters were there spending time in the area chatting with audiences it was fantastic and I really want to keep that fantastic vibe going another year just because there are only a small amount of podcaster passes available does not mean that then the podcast lounge is not available to you the podcast lounge is available to everyone and it's going to be bigger than ever in 2018 benefits that podcasters with passes get such as access to a quiet recording room a profile on the Edinburgh Yarn Festival website. There is complimentary access to the marketplace and uh, things like that. But again, demand is higher than ever, but a very limited amount of passes are available. And that's just the way it is. So that is why if you're interested in coming, you really need to fill out that form. And I cannot wait to see everyone there. I don't know how my voice is going to hold out. Three days. My voice left me about 11 o'clock on the first day of this year. So goodness knows how we're going to manage. 100 episodes. Hurrah. Thank you so much for those of you who have signed up for the Knit Chat Eat Drink Day in Edinburgh on Saturday the 13th of January. Places are extremely limited. Um, And I'll be closing that form soon. The form is in the show notes. Um, It's got a ridiculously long URL with letters and numbers in it. I'm not going to read it out. So if you're interested, if you can come to Edinburgh on Saturday the 13th of January and you want to come to our informal day of knitting, chatting, eating and drinking, do visit the show notes at www.knitbritish.net slash ep hyphen 95. I have booked a venue now and there'll be more details next month. As I said before, I'm aiming to keep everyone's costs as low as possible. Food and venue, really, that's about it. I'm certainly making no money on this. I'm paying for my own place uh, as well. Uh, So once I close that form, I'll be sending everyone on that mailing list the details of how to pay and the cost and anyone who can no longer go. I'll open up those places publicly by posting first in the Knit British Ravelry group. 
I'm really excited about this. I've got some exciting things lined up as well as the general knitting, chatting, eating and drinking. And bunting. I have now knit jumper bunting. O-M-G. It is so flipping cute. It's unbelievable. The pattern is only available as a free PDF and it's from the knittinghut.co.uk free hyphen patterns. But to make your life super easy, I have put a link in the show notes and there is also, I've opened up a thread in the Knit British Ravelry group for jumper bunting and there's a direct link to the PDF in there. It's a pattern that Sue Stratford did for Save the Children. Um, which was for uh, Christmas Jumper Day. If you so wish to give Save the ch- Children a quid or something for your pattern, I'll put a little, little link to how you, don- you can donate. It's absolutely not, you're not asked for a donation on the on the, on that website. It is a free pattern, but because it's got Save the Children on it, I'm going to give you the opportunity to, you know, leave a donation if you so wish. I loved it. I love, I knit my jumper. I've done one. I knit it in Dodgson Wood, Castle Milk, Moora and Cheviot. I was delighted to have finished a jumper in an evening. It was amazing. I felt the same sense of achievement when I finished a me-sized jumper. It was, it was great. So if you want to knit jumper bunting with us to celebrate 100 episodes of Knit British and, you know, I'd, I'd be absolutely delighted. As I say, I've opened up that jumper bunting thread. All you need is a few grams of double knit weight yarn uh, British breeds and blends. You can use dyed, you can use natural. Can you imagine how gorgeous that's going to be strung up around the podcast lounge? It's going to be so sweet. Um, last time I talked about the fact that Shona had suggested we try doing a button and a loop so that we could button the, the jumpers up instead of stringing them. And I tried that and it wasn't so successful. And then somebody, I think it was Alma, or I can't quite remember, somebody in the Knit British Ravelry group went... But yes, all of those jumpers hung up together will be quite heavy. And then I had visions of all of these jumpers unbuttoning in the podcast lounge and I thought, nah, maybe that's not the best idea. Um, I think our bunting will have to be traditionally strung, which sounds a bit ritualistic, doesn't it? Traditionally strung up. But if you are so inclined and you'd like to knit a little sweater to be a bunting at the podcast lounge next year and to celebrate 100 episodes of our podcast, that would be lovely. And great news, the wonderful Claire from the Woolly Thistle in the States has offered to be the North America bunting collection point. So if you're on the other side of the pond from me and you want to knit bunting, you can send your little jumper bunting to the Woolly Thistle, PO Box 312, Meriden, M-E-R-I-D-E-N, New Hampshire, 03770. So that's obviously if you're in the US or Canada. That is just so wonderful of Claire to offer that. And if you live in North America, you may have ordered your British wool from the com, which is Claire's business. You know, Claire also does the NH Knits podcast. So, so very generous of Claire to offer to do that. So obviously there will be a cut-off point for for bunting. But just now, you guys in, in America and Canada, if you want to send your bun- jumper buntings to Claire, maybe do so but, but you know, by the beginning of December. So there's plenty of time to get it over here to be strung up <laughs> uh, at 100 episode of day in Edinburgh. Thank you so much, Claire. Thank you um, to everyone who said that they're going to knit jumper bunting. And actually, just popped up my picture 
last night and then Rebecca 72 Jones posted her little jumper bunting and it's Jacob's and it's got a heart on it and it's lovely and that's the good thing about this uh, little pattern is that there's a little chart included in the pattern so you can do your own make design your own little feral chart you could you don't even have to do stockinette you could do a little cable you could do garter just follow the same basic pattern you can the sky's the limit. So thank you, wonderful Claire of the thewoollythistle.com for offering to be our US drop point for bunting. And for those of you who are in Europe or the UK, you can um, send me an email, louise at knitbritish.net, and I will let you know the address to send bunting to if you're not coming to our day um, in Edinburgh on the 13th of January. Oh, next month, next month is the shape of things to come because next month um, I'm only doing one episode and that is because next month is also November and that is already and always a wonderfully full-on month of wool-related work and um, I thought I would be really kind on myself this year uh, uh, and um, and you know try and lighten my load a little bit. So I'm doing one episode in the middle of November, and that is the shape of things to come. Because come January we will be one episode a month um, for the next year. So it'd be good to try out our new format. Um, I'll have a lot to tell you as well. I have a big announcement about one of the things that we're going to be doing in 2018 on the Knit British podcast on those monthly episodes. We'll have another blind mucker review. We've not had a blind review for a wee while. Um, And lots of other things. So even though there's only one episode, it's going to be jam-packed. If you you enjoy Wovember, do follow us on Instagram at WovemberWool. And there's going to be lots happening on the blog at wovember.com. The theme of November this year is where wool meets wellness and that encompasses a lot. And we're encouraging you to post your wool wellness images on Instagram using the hashtag woolness and me and how you feel wool impacts positively on you, your environment, your physical and mental well-being, uh, the land around you, the community in any way. So really looking forward to seeing those also watch out for an exciting photo a day challenge during November and much more. But until then, until our next episode, take very good care. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Knit British podcast. To find out more, visit www.knitbritish.net. You can email me louise at knitbritish.net. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at knit underscore British and I'm on Ravelry as Lira. Take care of that throat. You're a big singing star now, remember? This California dude is just a little heavier than usual tonight. Really? From where I stand, the sun is shining all over the place.